man. God's word will stand. No matter what the world has to say about this King James Bible, it still stands. It's God's word. It is God breathed. It is the source that I live by. It's my final authority in all matters of faith and practice. Well, friend, I hope you did enjoy uh, that one right there. It was sung by the uh, Faith Baptist Church Adult Choir, and um, I certainly do enjoy that that one there. So today, I want to uh, step out a little bit from our study of Nehemiah and, and preach a, a simple message on selling out. And I'll be drawing the text from the book of Hebrews, the book of Hebrews uh, chapter number 12 is where I'll be at this evening. And uh, by way of real quick announcement, I just want to let you know that this upcoming Father's Day, uh, Father's Day, June the 19th, will be uh, my very first Sunday at Sandy Plain Baptist Church in Tabor City, North Carolina, as the pastor. So y'all pray for me and my family as we are moving from Forest City to Tabor City here in just the next uh, few weeks, and it is a uh, it is a independent, fundamental Baptist church, a very missionary-minded church, a King James-only Bible-believing church, and uh, I'm honored that they would call me uh, to to come over there, and uh, when they gave me the call, uh, it didn't take much prayer in about a week, and I was uh, got full confirmation from God that this is, in fact, my assignment to go down there and to pastor this wonderful, wonderful church. But uh, just ask you as the listener to keep me in your prayers as, as we embark on this new assignment. So here we go. Hebrews chapter 12, <clears throat> starting in verse 14. And the Bible says, Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Look diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person, as Esau, who for... One morsel of meat sold his birthright. For ye know how that afterward, when he would have inherited the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place of repentance, though he sought it carefully with tears. The story in our text that the Apostle Paul is given us, may or may not be one that is familiar with you. You can find it in its entirety in Genesis chapter 25. Esau is one of the twin boys that is born to this man Isaac, who is a son of Abraham. Even though Esau and Isaac are twins, they are very different in their looks and in their actions. In Genesis chapter 25, we find that Jacob is standing over a bowl of red pottage. Red beans, if you will. And while, he's, while he was cooking up these beans, his brother Esau had been out in the field. 
He, he's been working and he's been laboring. He's been tending to things and he's just so wore out. I mean, he's weary and uh, he's just faint. And he comes up walking. Uh, he comes up walking to his brother and he says, Brother, I'm just at the point of dying. I, I, I can't take another step. I mean, I just, I just don't even think that I can just go one more step unless I get something to eat. You've just got to give me your beans. And Esau, being the oldest, Jacob looks at him and says, Oh yeah? It'll cost you. It's going to cost you if you want what I'm giving out. He says, Well, what's it going to cost me? Any price is worth paying because I feel like I am about to die. He said, It's going to cost you your birthright. The birthright given to the eldest. Then he replied, well, what's my birthright mean to me? I'm at the point of dying. And the Bible said that he sold his birthright. And because he gave the birthright away, the blessing of the Father that's attached to the birthright went with it. So because he sold the birthright, he also lost the blessing two chapters later in Genesis chapter 27. You see... Esau is the type of individual that says, I can get rid of this and still have that. I can get in a little bit over here and a little bit over there. Esau is the type of person that uh, compromises on some things. Uh, He's the type of person that thinks that he could have it his way and he can have it God's way. Well, let me help you out, friend. You can't have it like Burger King where it's your way. It should be more like Wendy's, old-fashioned, hot and juicy, amen. That's God's way. There's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof is destruction. The end thereof is death. The end thereof is going to destroy you. And there's a way that he thought that he could live. And there's a way that he thought he could do things. And also, please God... But I'm here to tell you this evening that God has one way, and that's His way. There's no compromising when it comes to God. When God says, this is what I mean, let me tell you, friend, He means what He says. And so whenever Esau compromises here at the point of dying and gives away his birthright, it leads to him selling out. Now, friend, don't live your life focused on the here and now. Live your life with an eternal view. Because if you focus on your life in the nasty now and now, you're going to do things that will just please you in the moment. It will please your flesh. Esau's flesh was growing weary. It was growing faint. And he was focusing on the nasty now and now. He wasn't thinking about generations to come. Think about it. Whenever he sold his birthright out to his brother Jacob, we all we find out throughout Scripture, it's referred to as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. If he had not sold his birthright, it, he would have been called the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Esau. So what I'm getting at is what you do right now, and the nasty now and now, has consequences... For generations and generations and generations to come. Just one small little slip 
And it'll cost you more than you want it to pay. But I've noticed, dear friend, that if you focus on things above, the heavenly things, leaving behind a good heritage, uh, pushing forward for the gospel so that people can be saved... If you focus on pleasing Christ and living a separated life of holiness, all of a sudden your perspective changes, but you cannot compromise or sell out. I want to show you real quick just a, just three, three simple things, or excuse me, four simple things about selling out. And three of them is, is something that had sold out. I want to show you firstly that Judas... Sold his soul. Judas sold his soul. Matthew 27, starting in verse 3, says, Then Judas, which had betrayed him, him being Jesus Christ, when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself, and brought again the thirty pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned, that I have betrayed the innocent blood. And they said, What is that to us? See thou to that. And he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. You see, Judas had followed Jesus around. He was involved in the day-to-day activities as much as he could be. And he was a friend of Jesus. And he was a fan of Jesus. But when it come down to it, Judas sold his soul. You say, preacher, how did he do that? He turned Jesus over to be brought into the bonds of arrestment by the Roman government. Now this is a man that ate supper with Jesus. That hung out with Jesus. And he befriended Jesus. But for 30 pieces of silver, he turned him over to the chief priests and the elders. For just a little bit of money. That, 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 I studied that out. That 30 pieces of silver is approximately $113. Brother, sister, Judas could have bought himself a tank of gas in this economy. A tank of gas in this economy for what he sold Jesus out to. Was it worth it? Absolutely not. He felt terrible. He repented himself. And whenever he did that, he went out, he departed, and he hung himself. You you see, my point is, you can sell your soul for worldly possessions. You can sell your soul for popularity. You can sell your soul for self-satisfaction. This world, friend, is not my home. I'm a pilgrim and I'm a stranger here. I'm just passing through and I'm seeking a city to come, friend. And I'm not going to sell out. No matter what the bank says, no matter what the man says, hand me my paycheck, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. It's not worth getting the 80 hours of overtime a week and working through Sunday because you volunteered that Sunday just to get a little extra cash, knowing good and well you could have took Sunday off. 
Don't be like Judas. And don't sell your soul for popularity. Don't try to run with the crowd. See, Judas was trying to run with Jesus and he was trying to run with the crowd. And he picked the crowd over Jesus. Because he wanted to be the cool kid. See, to the crowd, he was known as the cool kid that hung out with Jesus. But they didn't like Jesus. So there came a point in time where Judas had to pick Jesus or the crowd. Let me tell you something, friend. If you got one leg in and one leg out, if you're trying to serve God and you're trying to trying to live out in the world, I'm here to tell you, you're going to slip every time back into the world. Every single time. We're called to be separate. There's a reason for that. Because our flesh is weak. And we could be just like Judas. Well, we sell out. I want you to see as well, for the sake of time, number two, Demas sold his stand. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6 through 10 says, For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. This is Paul writing to Timothy. He says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Boy, that will preach. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all of them that also love his appearing. Oh, my friend, let me just interject this in here. If you want a crown of righteous, righteousness, look forward to that day. Look forward to the rapture. Verse 9, do thy diligence to come shortly unto me. Here it is now. For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica, uh, Cretans to Galatia, Titus unto Dalmatia. To give you a quick overview of what's happening here, the Apostle Paul is writing to Timothy. He's one of his preacher boys. And he's got a few other preacher boys, namely Titus and Demas that are mentioned here in the text. And Titus is out preaching the word of God at Dalmatia. But where is, De- where is Demas? He has forsaken him. He has left Paul. I'm talking about Paul has taken Demas under his wing as a preacher boy, if you will. And he's took him under, under much counsel and he's studied under him. And he's taught him, uh, he's, Paul's taught Demas for about a year or two in seminary, if you will. And he's showed him, hey... This is what the Bible's saying. This is what it means. This is what to preach. This is what to teach. This is how we do things. But I found it, I found it amazing that he talks about where he's at. See, Demas and Paul were in Rome. And Rome is known for their philosophers and for their higher learning. And I can see it now. Demas done went secular. Demas done abandoned Paul. Demas said, you know what? Paul... Out here in Rome, man, they, they, they got interpretive dancing. They got liberal arts out here. Uh, they, they, they call it interpretive dancing, uh, Paul. Uh, they, they, man, they got a fresh new way of doing things around here. Uh, they, they're not old-fashioned. They got modern ways to do things. Paul, you, you're, you're too old-fashioned now. These, they're more civilized. They're of a place of higher learning now. The way we did things in the past, Paul, now that used to work for, for Mama and them, but you know, things have changed and the world has changed and we gotta reach the world in a modern, new, secular way. And and Paul, this is this is what we ought to do. And then Demas forsook Paul. 
He left the old time way. Like I said, there's a way that seemeth right unto man. And Demas sold his stand. You see, I want to employ unto you to stand for Jesus in this wicked world. We, we, just, we just heard about the school shooting down in Texas. And I don't know about you, but that, that hurt me. And I could, that, that is a travesty. That, I could only imagine how them mamas and daddies are feeling. Being a father of my own, I just want to hug my babies even, even tighter. But we live in a world that's wicked. It hates God. And we're being judged. Judgment starts at the house of God, friend. We call ourselves a Christian nation. We're being judged. Now, I don't want to try to be harsh, friend. I don't want to try to be harsh. And it breaks my heart. But this is nothing other than the judgment of God coming down on our nations, hurting our babies. And it breaks my heart. I don't say that with any kind of smile on my face or, 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 or with happiness in my heart. It breaks my heart to have to say it, but it's true. I want to say to you, we need to stand for the old time way in a postmodern contemporary movement. I was talking, briefly, I was talking to another preacher friend of mine today. He says, there's this anything but God movement. And we went way, way out there. But it's this whole idea that everything happens and everything has happened by everything but God. They want to take God out of everything, including our churches. That's why the government is trying to come in and censor what we preach behind this pulpit. And these pulpits across America. That's why they're trying to corrupt the Bible that we preach from and teach from. I'm telling you to stand for the Bible even if you're persecuted by the world and by religious people. I get persecuted more by that religious crowd, them church folks, that religious crowd... I didn't call them Christians. There's a difference. I get persecuted by that religious crowd. They want to engage in all these silly debates. I ain't got time for it. Over this Bible. I'm here to tell you, don't be like Demas and sell your stand. As well, number three, the church sold their separation. Revelation chapter 3, starting in verse 13 says, He that hath an ear, let him, let him hear. Let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches, and unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither hot nor cold. I would that thou wert cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Now quickly here, I want you to see that there are seven churches. That these seven churches are representations of the church ages. And we are in the last church age, the Laodicean age. And I also believe these were seven literal churches as well. And we are in the, in the, we are in the age of being neither hot nor cold. You see, some churches are cold and dead because they have truth but no worship. And some churches are lukewarm because they have worship, but no truth. 
to be a hot church, a church on fire for the Lord, we must have some old time worship with truth. Old time worship is simply exalting the Savior, magnifying the Messiah, not a performance. It ain't about a personality. It's about the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the truth is this King James Bible. It's everything the Word of God has to say. You see, this Bible gives us some things. The church has sold their separation. The Bible calls us to be holy, to be separate. What's that look like? That means to have a repentant lifestyle. The Bible calls us to be set apart, to follow Christ and not the ways of the world. The Bible calls us to continue on even if so-called churches have sold out. Leonard Ravenhill says this, The early church was married to poverty, prisons, and persecution. Today, the church is married to prosperity, personality, and popularity. And lastly, friend, number four, sell out to Jesus because He sold out to you. Matthew chapter 13, 45 says, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchantman seeking goodly pearls, who, when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Now, I love Matthew chapter 13. It's the kingdom parables, and it gives the parable of the pearl of great price. And it said there was a man, and he found a pearl of great price in a field. And when he found that goodly pearl, the Bible said that he sold all that he had. And he bought the field just to get the pearl. He said, I want that right there so much, I'll give up everything to get that. You say, what's the moral of the story, preacher? What's the interpretation? Well, the interpretation is this. The sweet God of heaven looked down and he saw that pearl of great price. And as the church of the living God, he said, I want to buy it. And it's going to cost him everything. It costed him the crown jewel of heaven. It cost him his only begotten son to be born of a virgin. It cost him everything he had. And when Jesus came and was born of a virgin, and he grew up, he lived a sinless, perfect life, he poured out His blood, and the wrath of God was poured out onto Him on the cross of Calvary for the payment of our sin. You see, that pearl of great price is you, friend. And because He loved you so much, He shed every drop of blood He had just for you, friend. Well, that's all the time I have. And until we meet again, stay biblically correct.